episode one of Dogs of 731, and I'm your host, Shaney Ruffle of Petography by Shaney. When I first started toying with the idea of podcasting, I didn't know anything about it. I heard about podcasting at the Co, at a Communicate meeting, and I knew that the focus of my podcast would be about dog stuff in Jackson, Tennessee. When I started thinking about who I would have as a guest on my podcast, it seemed logical that the person who kickstarted me to follow my dream of pet photographer would be a great candidate for my first episode. That person was Melissa Roberts, who I've known since elementary school. She called me up one day and said, Hey Shaney, I have this dog, Mason, that needs photos for the rescue I work with. I know you have a camera and you are a photographer. Can you take pictures for him? That was the beginning, just like this podcast is a beginning. It's not perfect, but it is a start. While I want to bring you life activities that you can do with your dog in and around Jackson, I also want to shine light on the opportunities to serve dogs in this community. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Melissa Roberts. Melissa, tell us how you got started in fostering. Well, long story. Um, in 2009, I decided that we needed a dog in the home. So we ended up adopting a sweet little Dotson mix from a rescue in Milan, Tennessee. Um, it, the name of that place is uh, Circle of Hope Canine Rescue. And he was our first dog. Fast forward to 2012, the end of 2012. The lady that owns that rescue... She was looking for someone to um, pull a dog or take a dog away from Jackson Rabies Control, which is the high kill shelter in Jackson. She was needing someone to go get this dog so it wouldn't be put to sleep that day. So I went and did that because I was available. And when I um, got there, there was another lady there that I had known for a long time, and she was with a... A local, another local rescue in town, and we talked about fostering. And um, she soon after that, she asked me to foster five puppies. So our first fosters were five lab Staffordshire <laughs> Terrier puppies around Christmas you, time. You jumped right in, didn't you? I did jump right in. So I, you know, when people talk about oh, fostering is hard, fostering is not hard. We started with five six-week-old puppies (laughs) (laughs) so in in the course of the the time that you've been fostering how many lives would you say that you have saved through fostering over the years since the end of 2012 till um to just recently we have saved 48 dogs um wow sometimes we have them with I like puppies. We've had a sets of puppies before. Um, the maximum is five at a time. So we've had two sets of, of five puppies and they're always fun to, um, to see about their personalities, but not only dogs lives, you're also changing people's lives also. Um, just by letting them meet the dog or the adoption of the dog, you're changing lots of lives, just starting with that one dog. What's the shortest amount of time you've had a foster at your house? The shortest amount of time I've had a foster is three weeks. Um, when I uh, was asked to foster a particular dog 
there was already a lady that is a friend of mine who was interested in the dog. So I knew that she would just be at my house long enough for me to um, see what her personality is and also for her to get uh, fully vetted before she went to her home. She does now live in New York. Wow. Yes. So um, that it's kind of a all over the country. It is. It is. It is. And what's the longest uh, dog that you've had in your foster care? I have had a dog for two years. Um, when he was at, uh, most of the dogs that I we've had in our care that we foster have come from Jackson Rabies Control. Um, he was, we had, we had Brom, the Basset, for two years. Uh, when he was dropped off at Rabies Control, he had very bad skin mm-hmm. condition. Um, he was just in awful shape and he needed to be we needed to figure out what his allergies were can get his skin condition under control and then also uh we learned or i learned that certain dogs he did not like so i had him that long just because we were fine we were we were looking for that perfect home that would work out for his needs we don't just settle, right? <laughs> no, we don't just settle because if we had settled, he'd have been right back with me. <laughs> so what is the purpose of fostering? The purpose of fostering is basically, um, you know, you're saving lives. You're making a difference. Uh, if, you know, if, you're, if there's a dog at a shelter you would like to foster, you're not only, you know, saving that one life, but there's room there at the shelter for another dog so you're basically saving two lives I just recently uh adopted I just recently foster failed a puppy in <laughs> this <laughs> the puppy was supposed to go to another rescue after I finished fostering him and because he stayed with me they were able to rescue another dog from the same shelter so basically saved two lives just one stopped at my house <laughs> <laughs> So the part of the fostering process, though, is is learning the dogs ins and outs and their personality and uh, teaching them kind of how to be in a household. Um, And that is a difference in adopting from a rescue versus a shelter or pulling from rabies control. Correct. So how, how does fostering benefit the community? Um, fostering benefits the community because, you know, there can be a lot of stray dogs, uh, out on the streets and you don't want to be driving down the road and see a stray dog and hit that stray dog. So, you know, there's shelters in the area, rescue, local rescues in the area that take in the strays or the ones that just need to be rehomed so they won't get, uh, there are several different reasons why they need to be rehomed, but, um, that, that helps the community, community by getting the dog off the street, getting them in, in a home. Um, fostering, like you were saying about the shelter, um, shel- people that adopt from a shelter, the shelter workers might not be able to tell you their ins, the dog's ins and outs, likes, dislikes, but a foster home can, you know, they know their ins, outs, what toys they like, what dogs they get along with, do they get along well with kids, cats, other dogs. When a dog leaves me, I can basically lay it out on the line for an adopter of what, how this dog is going to be in their home. Right. 
that's that's so important when you're looking to add to your family to right. see the best rate of adoptions. Especially if you have multiple other dogs, you want to make sure that this dog that you're interested in is going to fit in your group, in your pack. Right. Um, so tell our listeners, what does fostering look like on a day-to-day basis? Fostering? Well, if I come home and I have a new dog in my house, uh, they they get time to decompress at, at my house uh, when I first bring them in because most of the time they come from the shelter and there are lots of loud noises at the shelter. We don't know... We don't always know where the dogs came from. They could have come from, you know, a one dog home. We just don't always know. Um, So I give them time to decompress and I slowly introduce um, the foster dog to my other dogs because it's important for socialization uh, skills to slowly introduce and not put them in a situation when they would be scared, cause a problem. Um, I basically, you know, I learned their personality I figure out what kind of food they like or don't like. But, you know, one of the most enjoyable parts about fostering is you get to love on them. You get to find out what kind of personality they have, what makes them happy, what makes them not happy. Especially if I, if you're fostering puppies, you get to see that personality grow and to see what, you know, what kind of puppy they're going to end up being, what they're going to look like. Are they going to be hyperactive? They're going to be calm. Adopters need to know these this information. Yes, it, again, another um, benefit of going through a rescue with fosters. Um, what if if you're interested in being a foster? Is there training to be a foster? Um, you some rescues do offer training. Um, there's some. Um, information online that some rescues will send you to just so you'll know what to expect. Um, You know, if an emergency comes up, they'll let you know to contact them or what veterinarian to take them to, um, just different things like that. Um, I've kind of learned along the way of the ins and outs because I've worked with different rescues and most of them follow the same protocol, but sometimes things could be, they can use a different vet and I don't always know those things until I get involved with it. So you mentioned the vet. The process with a rescue is the the dog is fully vetted. Correct. That correct. That's correct. And you would be responsible, or is there like a network of, of people that could help if you weren't able to take the dog to the vet? Yes, there is. I have had that situation come up before. Um, if I if I drop off the dog in the like, for example, if they're to go in for a neuter. Um, the vet usually requires you to drop a dog off a certain amount of time in the morning and you go by and pick the dog up. If I'm working late, there are other people involved in the rescue um, that will go by and pick the dog up and hold on to it till I get off work so I can bring it back to my house. Okay. Um, Melissa, how has fostering made you a better person? Um, I've learned more about patience. I've also learned that I'm more patient with dogs than I am with children. Um, <laughs> I have one child and nine fur children. Um, <laughs> they each have different personalities, but I've also learned about different uh, dog breeds. They're not all the same. Um, I had a, for example, I had a border collie um, three years ago, 
And I did not know much about the herding breed until I um, agreed to foster this border collie. She laid on my couch for two days um, until she figured out what her job was going to (laughs) be. Yeah. Herding dogs have to have jobs. And she herded my other dogs outside. She led them inside. And she also laid by our bedroom doors at night till we went to sleep. And then she would go lay on her couch. That's her job. So can anybody, is anybody able to foster or how does that work? Anybody is able to foster that can give them a loving home uh rescues do prefer rescues prefer you to have the dog inside because that's one purpose of fostering is to um learn inside skills socialization potty training Uh, most adopters want a dog that's pretty much uh, already potty trained or well in its way to be in potty trained you can't really develop that skill if they're living outside i know most um rescues they have adoption fees if you want to adopt uh, a dog but there's so much that's involved in that it's not just a free dog that they're giving you they're right you're you're adopting a dog that's been fully vetted and spayed or neutered um, with a complete set of shots and ready to go and you know if you're a responsible pet owner to begin with if you found a dog in your yard that's the first thing you're going to do is take it to the vet and and go through that process of getting shots and and spayed or neutered and um, sometimes that can run you more than the adoption fees so you know it is reasonable when you take into account that in addition to the food and the time and the effort that's put into the dog right standpoint i've come to uh understand that the average amount for an adoption uh application uh, an adoption rate is between 250 and 400 dollars and that may seem a lot but i know anytime that i take my dog to the vet i'm looking at 50 dollars, 60 dollars. that's not even including the shots if i get shots that's a hundred dollars a pop um the cheapest spade neuter you can get around this area is 80 dollars. so if you're paying 300 dollars, you've got especially for a puppy three sets of shots it's already been neutered it's been on heartworm, flea medication, and it's been microchip. That's a lot more money that you would have to pay instead of getting a dog that's already had all that done. And all you have to pay is the money for that dog instead of taking the dog to the vet every three weeks to get shots. Right. And another great benefit of, of rescuing and, and the fosters is that if – if it is some situation where you have to move and, and you need to rehome your dog, I know a lot of the rescues, part of the requirement is that you bring it back to that rescue. Right. And they will find it a new home. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, versus you rehoming it. Yes. Because <laughs> most, most rescues want to know, they don't want to lose touch with the dog. They want to know where the dog is going because that dog is originally... Um, their responsibility so you know a dog can be rehomed for different reasons but the rescue ultimately wants to be connected to wherever the dog goes right um i know you personally keep in touch with a lot of your foster moms and dads yes i do yes i do (laughs) 
Um, so you have fostered for several different rescues. Can you tell us who you've worked with? Sure, sure. Um, the first rescue I worked with was Companion Pet Rescue and Transport. Um, they have several local fosters, and they also have a shelter in Pennsylvania. Um, they have their own transport company and everything. Um, and I have worked with Rescue Angels, who is based out of Maryland. Uh, there was a dog at Jackson Rabies Control that this rescue was able to save. It was a certain specific breed that they like to rescue. And they needed a foster in this area, and I was able to foster him until he was fully vetted, and then he went on transport up to his uh, adopter up north. Um, and then I've also worked with um, Saving the Animals Together, or STAT. Um, I fostered multiple dogs for them. I've also worked with um, Big Fluffy. A dog rescue. They're located all over the United States. They pull a lot of larger breed dogs. I had two puppies for them, which was a fantastic experience. If you love puppies, um, <laughs> if you don't, then you just don't. <laughs> um, I've worked with Critter Cavalry Rescue, which is mainly based now out of Middle Tennessee. Um, and my uh, newest group that I've worked with is. Um, uh, Tennessee death row doggies and they mainly focus on rabies control Jackson rabies control and pulling those dogs and networking those dogs out of rabies control so they can be adopted and not put to sleep okay and then uh, I think there were a couple of more in Jackson that you might not have worked with yeah um, I do have um, know several people on the other local rescues um, downtown dogs is uh, in the 731 731 area they're basically um located in the downtown area they have multiple dogs uh, there's also keg rescue and i think i think that's all in the 731 area code there are some other ones around but there's also jackson animal care center which is the sh um the no kill shelter in town and they occasionally I think you had told me, Shani, that they foster, they have fosters for pregnant moms. Yeah, I actually have fostered uh, a mother with eight puppies for them. Um, but that's I know that's a whole that different other show, isn't it? That's a whole different other show. But, <laughs> uh, you know, there are needs for, for special needs fostering. It is not a good situation for puppies to be in shelters. They, you know, with the vaccination situation, uh, they're susceptible to, to catching all kinds of stuff. So it's just better yeah. if they're in a home. <laughs> right. Exactly. To learn socialization that, you know, pe through people. Well, these were little bitty, so they weren't socializing yet, but um, I think they were right at four weeks old. Oh. They were just starting to eat solids, so oh. um, it was a fun experience, but it, you know, there are a lot of different ways to help, and yes. um, you know, I think I mentioned I'm a foster fail, because our dog is, we've had her for two years, and we fostered her for two weeks, and now she's our dog. Um, she's part of our family, but, uh, you know, I pretty much use my talents of photography to help the the dogs all I can as far as getting them out there and getting them on social media um, and I think that is you know one way that 
everyone pretty much works together with all of these rescues in that they have built some kind of, some some sort of a network with each other that right. if they see a dog in need they may not be able to take it but they are great at getting the word out hey this dog needs our help is there anybody that can help them exactly um, and you know ultimately somebody will step up but they have to have fosters exactly there's not a building there's not a location pretty much for most of these rescues they need that fostering system yes. whether it's somebody that says i can foster for a week uh, and to give you time to find another foster Correct. or, you know, it's somebody that's dedicated like you that says, Hey, I'm going to commit to fostering this dog until this dog finds its home. Right. And, you know, that involves going to adoption events and, and getting the dog out there and seen uh, to help them connect with their um, new family and, and getting their portraits made and, um, getting them out there on social media so that they can connect. You mentioned transport. Yes. And so um, I, I don't think we've touched base on that yet as far as, you know, the transport system of how they um, are taken up north or back east um, and the benefit of that, the, the, the way that system kind of works. Well, there's several transport uh, trucks, vehicles that come through this area that transport dogs up north uh cities cities and states in the northern region like i deal a lot with uh pennsylvania the pennsylvania pennsylvania area they have spay and neuter laws that we don't that they enforce that we don't necessarily enforce in this area so a lot of our southern dogs because there's a lot of breeding and overbreeding in this area a lot of our dogs go up north so there's a lot of transport vehicles um there are also various rescue groups that do transport runs, which means um, they rely on volunteers to get the dog from one spot to another. I've uh, transported multiple times for um, All-American Dotson Rescue, which with the name, it's all over the United States. So usually I'll pick the dog up in Memphis or Jackson and take it to like Hurricane Mills or the Nashville area. And I'm just one leg of a whole, I could be the fourth leg, which means I'm the fourth volunteer, or I could be the fifth volunteer or the 11th volunteer. Just depends on how, where the dog started and where the dog is going to. Kind of like a relay, relay race. You're exactly. passing them on to the next transporter. <laughs> you're passing them on to the next transporter. And especially if they're puppies, they've got a no pause on the ground rule because they don't want to pick up anything extra when you stop to let them go to the bathroom or anything like that. So there's a lots of rules that they have to follow during that process also. Well, and I know they're very stringent about their schedule for that. Yeah. Um, I've looked at it before and they're like, if you can't be there within that 15 minute window, don't commit to it. <laughs> so yeah. they like to keep the whole process on, on order because they're going hundreds of miles. I mean, you're looking at transporting from here to Pennsylvania, exactly. <laughs> which I don't even like to ride in the car with my children <laughs> from here to Pennsylvania. I can't imagine transporting. <laughs> And dogs right um, but it's it is a benefit um with the the there's a need up there of dogs to adopt and they do maintain their uh, spay and neuter laws a lot more stringent than we do yes absolutely um 
So what if I can't commit to fostering right now? What are some other ways that I can help? You can donate to a rescue. You can sponsor a dog. I know several uh, of the rescues, you can sponsor a specific dog. You can transport, like we were talking about, um, just donating collars, leashes, foods. There's always a need for that. Um, I've been recently involved in collection for um, food and that kind of thing for companion pet rescue and transport. They pull they send at least 20 dogs up north every week. Of course, they have their own transport company, but they have so many puppies. They are always uh, looking to have food donated. Um, I save a lot of newspapers for them because she goes through a lot of newspapers because they're puppies. And they're always needing needing things, collars, leashes, dog treats, that kind of thing. So you can donate. Um, they're always accepting donations. They will never be closed to donations. People don't realize something as simple as your Sunday newspaper is exactly. so beneficial. Uh, I know it, at where I work, we get a daily newspaper, and I've been saving them up. And once a month, I'll take them to Jackson Animal Care Center because newspapers are are reusable right. in that sense. So, and you know, if you're a coupon person, if you don't have a cat, but you see something a really good deal for like cat food or something, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can. Uh, purchase cat food and take it uh, there's uh, a cat rescue called barn cat rescue it's on highway 70 that's what they do they rescue cats they have over 300 cats and kittens and so wow. they're always needing cat food donations and kitty litter donations because that can be on the expensive side it, yes it can we actually had a cat show up at our house and um so my mother i've been giving her some of the newspapers because the, it was about a four-week-old kitten. It's kitten season right now in West Tennessee. Oh, yeah. And uh, so Thunder is now part of the Brasket Rufel family. <laughs> oh, how cute. But if you if you aren't able to donate money or, or donate um, through actually fostering for the rescues, you know, you certainly can attend their events and help volunteer. socialize the dogs, yes. volunteer. Uh, take photos, um, share the photos, hit that share button on share button social media yep. when it comes comes around. Um, and you never know when that one share button is going to make a connection uh, with somebody that's looking for a dog or didn't know they were looking for a dog in their life. And, yes. um, you know, so that, that I encourage everybody that's listening that if if that's all you can do, the least you can do is hit the share button. Right, exactly. So, well, Melissa, I really appreciate you being on uh, this episode of Dogs of 731. Um, I knew you were the right person to debut with my uh, podcast here. I've known you for several years and, well, what, since kindergarten maybe? We we don't (laughs) like to talk about the years (laughs) just for a long time. Just for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I appreciate your knowledge in this this area of West Tennessee and and fostering and rescuing. And I know you've made a lot of difference and a lot of change. And, you know, even if it's just one dog that somebody fosters from hearing this, then it's been a benefit. So I yeah, appreciate exactly. it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dogs of 731. 
I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I look forward to future podcasts shining light on dog opportunities in the community of Jackson, Tennessee. If you have any suggestions for improvement or suggestions for topics, please share them. You can find me on Facebook at Petography by Shaney, or you can email at stbr47 at gmail.com. You can see the show notes for, for more information. Thank you.